Hey, thanks for joining us for another message from the City Church. We're a local church in Mississauga, Ontario, gathering in community as we move closer to Jesus. We hope this message from our lead pastor, Brent Coulter, encourages you wherever you're joining us from today. Hey everyone, welcome again to another part in our series that we have called Steady and Established. We are looking at some things in the scripture when we live here in this difficult, uncertain time that we can actually have some steadiness in our lives from the principles of God, from the power of God, uh, so that whatever we're living in now and whatever might be in the future, that we can actually have some consistency and we can have a great foundation on the things of God. I just want to say before we get started, uh, for those of you that are part of the City Church, I'm really missing you. I'm really uh, missing the opportunity to preach in in a room full of you all and to worship alongside of you all. I'm so thankful that we have this at this moment, but I'm really looking forward to the opportunity to get back just to, to be with one another. I know um, as we continue on in this time, I get a chance to see my parents every once in a while and buying some groceries for them. And then just like always, and, and people say this phrase, you know, you don't know what you've got till you lose it. And many times when we're, we take so many of the interactions that we have with our family and friends for granted. And I feel like this is a great season where we should be learning that we shouldn't do that. So that when we have the opportunity uh, to get back together again for church and for work and and for birthday parties and all of the stuff that we used to do all the time, all the relationships, to be, be able to be with one another if we know and realize those things are very important. As I've been saying, <clears throat> you know, we try to emphasize this at church, how that togetherness is important and community is important. And I feel like this whole season has really proved how true that is, um, how much we need each other and how much we need each other in our lives. But we are living in a very unprecedented time. We can look back at history before now and we could look at how things have changed throughout history and the course of history and, and different occurrences that have happened. And I think we are living in one of those historical moments. And and in, in historical moments, you know, we can look back and, and smile at it in history. But when you're living in one, when the world is changing, it might be unsettling to us. And this is what this series is all about, is finding that steady foundation in God. Um, you know, when we, we think about all of the things that have changed for us in the last little while, all of the things that we used to do uh, that provided a sense of comfort for us and uh, provided a bunch of things for us in all of this time, all of those things have changed. And once again, it could cause us to be a little bit nervous. It could cause us to be anxious. It could, be it could cause us to um, feel unsettled. And so this series, once again, is like diving into the scripture. And I encourage you, hopefully, as you're there at home, you have a paper Bible, go ahead and grab that Bible, follow along with some scriptures, take some notes. Yeah, it will make a difference as we lean in today. Now, coming out of Easter, we talked at Easter about how Jesus is at the center of our faith. And in this series, we're looking at the provisions from that faith, um, that our, our faith in Jesus, Jesus is the cornerstone. In other words, the, the, the strongest part in the house. And from that, he provides a steady foundation for us. Our faith in him provides a steady foundation for us. And, as, and we want to look at those things from the scripture. We say this is an unprecedented time, but as we look in the scripture, they have gone through many of the things that we are facing right now. We see um, 
times where they were living a certain way in a certain place and then the very next day, the very next season was completely different for them. They were, many times the children uh, of Israel, they were living in exile. There was people imprisoned as we're going to be talking about today. We see plagues and droughts and people living in occupied territories and natural disasters and people going through all of these things and then coming out on the other side with their faith in God intact and realizing how amazing God is. And that's what we want to think about and focus on in this series, the having God be our steady foundation. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17 says, For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So Paul is writing to the church at Corinth, and this great eternal principle for us that the things around us, that the, the world that we're living in, it is constantly changing. It is temporary, physical things. But there's unseen things, eternal things, that we want to base our lives on. And this is what will cause us to be steady and established. When we put our lives, we place our lives on the power of God, on the principles of God, the Word of God, His love. All of these things will cause us to be steady and established when we place our things on the unseen, eternal things of God. So we have been uh, talking about in this series, we talked about the love of God, basing our lives on the love of God that will cause us to be steady. We, cause, we talked about the steady foundation of godly actions based on the Word of God and the teachings of Jesus. And we also talked about worship. Now, you know, there's one of those things growing up that kids always like to say, and it is this phrase, my dad is stronger than your dad. Now, I, I don't know that I've actually ever seen a couple dads fight in real life. I've seen, I think, a couple of videos, like at sporting events, when people are getting upset. Um, but it's never actually kids uh, saying, hey, dad, you're going to fight this dad to prove how strong you are. Now, but it is kind of just a general principle that kids have about their dad. Now, I know I was talking to my daughter uh, the other day about this, and uh, you know, when you're a dad of daughters, it's always a struggle at a certain age. You know, you know, when they're young, you can take them into the men's bathroom. It's not an issue. But when they're a little bit older, you know, you don't necessarily want to take them in the men's bathroom. And you're kind of like, okay, close your eyes. We're going in the men's bathroom. And then when my daughter was a certain age, I forget, forget how old she was, she realized that she was going into the men's bathroom with me. And she said, you know, Daddy, why don't we go in the girls' bathroom? Because, you know, I'm a girl and we can go in the girls' bathroom. And I said, no, Daddy's not allowed in the girls' bathroom. And she said, why would you knock people over? So her idea, the reason why men aren't allowed in the women's bathroom at this time, where she thought men were just going to walk into the women's bathroom and just knock everybody over to get to one of the stalls or something. But just this idea that dads are strong. And really this idea should also be our idea about our Heavenly Father, that God is strong. And in a season like this, specifically in an uncertain season, and then an uncertain season to come, what will the world look like? What will economies look like? What will my job look like? That for us to lean on the strength of God right now is such an important thing, and it will carry us to the future. As we've been looking at in this series, um, people's lives have been existing a certain way, and then at a certain time or a certain day, some change, some major change happened. 
And then they, they had to go on living life, even though their life had changed forever from what it was previously. Now, the Apostle Paul is just a figure like that, that his life, that he was living a certain way and he was a persecutor of the church. Uh, we see his origins found in the early part of the book of Acts. And then in Acts chapter 9, we see his conversion story and how he went from a persecutor of the church to becoming a proponent of the church and, and preaching to the church and, and a proponent of the gospel. And what's great about the Apostle Paul is he went around and he was a church planter and he would do all of these great things. He wrote approximately two-thirds of the New Testament, of what we call the New Testament letters to the churches. And his life changed forever, not just post-salvation, but a lot of times he would find himself in very difficult circumstances. You can read uh, about all of the difficulties the Apostle Paul went through in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. He just went through some real life terrible struggles and just got beaten and he got whipped and he got punched and he had friends that were false friends and they just went through all of these difficult circumstances. But the Apostle Paul also was in prison that his life was existing a certain way, and all of a sudden he found himself in jail. And he found himself in jail partially because he was preaching the gospel. And what we would say about the Apostle Paul is that everywhere he went, there was revival and there was riot. So he was causing problems in all of these cities. So eventually it caused him to get arrested. And if you think about finding yourself in a very difficult place, obviously being incarcerated is a very difficult place. And in that moment, in that moment that could possibly be a, a thing that would cause you to quit, that Paul actually used this time, and he, what we would call the prison epistles, that he wrote uh, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon, all from jail, that he found himself in this very difficult spot, a place that he didn't want to be, but then he was using that time to be an encourager of the church. And, and the principles that we can see from these books will help us to see that even when your life is changed, even when, your li when you find yourself in very difficult circumstances, we can actually rely on, and we should be relying on our strong Father. This is one of the things that we see over and over again from Paul as he finds himself in prison. So let's read uh, a couple of verses here from one of the prison epistles, Philippians chapter 4 verse 10, and it says this, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have re revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I am as speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. And then he says this very famous words. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. So writing from prison, he's writing to the church of Philippi. And he's really uh, writing to them regarding that they were actually a great supporter of his ministry, but their, their support, they, they weren't able to send resources. We don't exactly know why. But they, they had revived again, Paul says, their ability to send him resources there in prison and that he was able, actually able to accomplish things in prison, you know, just to have paper and, and someone write down what he was saying was a big deal back then. It was very expensive. So his support of them enabled him to write these very words that we're reading. 
But it's very interesting what he's talked about, once again, here from prison, from a, dairy, a very difficult spot, from a place of him existing in one way, and then his whole world had been un- upended. And that he says this in verse 11. Not that I'm in speaking of need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. That regardless of the circumstances, that we can actually find a, our contentment and have contentment in God. And then he goes on to say, you know, I can, have an, I can have very little or I can have a lot. It really doesn't matter. That the changing circumstances, the changing temporal or temporary things didn't actually matter for him as it relates to the condition of his heart. That he could exist in every circumstance. I can exist here in prison and then I can exist... I exist here in prison not having very much, but then I can also exist in a spot where I have abundance. And then how did he do all of these things? Verse 13, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Realizing that strength comes from God. Strength doesn't come from circumstances. Because circumstances are going to be up and down and they're going to change and they're going to be temporary. And so we can't grab onto temporary things to receive strength, but what who we can grab onto is God. I can do all these things, regardless of where I find myself, regardless of how much my life has changed. I can do any of these circumstances. Why? Through Him who strengthens me. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, another prison epistle, starting at uh, Ephesians 6 10, says this Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. So as he's closing out this letter, as he's writing to the church at Ephesus from prison, from a difficult spot, from a place of life change, he says, hey, finally, be strong in the Lord. So he's not talking about strength physically, which is good to have, but he's talking, he's talking about strength on the inside. And then listen to what he says. Put on the full armor of God. So there, Paul in a Roman prison probably had a Roman guard that was there. And he was seeing how this uh, Roman guard was dressed. And he was going to use this as a metaphor for, to, so that we could see and understand the strength that comes from God. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take a stand against the devil's scheme. That we can take a stand. We can be strong. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, not temporary things, but against the rulers and and against authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. Therefore, because that is true, because there's going to be things coming against you, that things are going to be real and they're going to cause a struggle in your life. Because that is true, verse 13, therefore put on the full armor of God. Here this Roman soldier is dressed this way. But we can then put on the full armor of God so that when the evil day comes, you may be able to stand your ground. That after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place. Verse 15, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace ready to share the gospel. And this was true of Paul, even when he was in prison, even though preaching the gospel got him sent to prison, he's still preaching the gospel from prison, that he's still 
preaching the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, verse 16, take up the shield of faith which, with which you can extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So all of these things, he's talking about all of these things come from God. What do they do? We can be strong in the Lord. All of these aspects of God's character, truth and righteousness and faith and the Word of God, that we can take all of these things as I'm living in a difficult place. This is where Paul was. He took all of these things and he said, I'm going to stand firm in amongst, uh, in amongst circumstances that are coming against me. I'm going to stand firm with all of who God is and I'm going to be clothed in it. I'm just going to dress up in the strength of God. See, my strength can dissipate and my strength can go away, but the strength of God never runs dry. And this is what the metaphor Paul was using as he was talking about the, the armor of God. That all of these things provide strength for us. The peace of God, the truth of God, the righteousness of God, the faith of God, the word of God. All of these things provide for us a steady foundation that we can be steady and established in a moment when things are changing all of the time. See, Paul was always finding himself in really bad circumstances, always finding himself in prison and persecuted. Second Corinthians chapter 12, after he had read, or, or after we have read about all of the difficult things that he went through, all of the struggle that we would call Paul's thorn in the flesh, that he was facing all of these difficulties, Paul actually went to God about all of these struggles. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 says this, So to keep me from being conceited, because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given to me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from being conceited. So the enemy was coming after Paul constantly, raising up persecution, raising up people to stop him from preaching the gospel. And it was just a constant harassment. Verse 8 says, Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Strong how? Strong in the power of God. See, Paul has come to this realization that all of these things coming against him, that he actually still has the grace of God, even blow after blow from the enemy. That he's standing there and in the middle of the grace of God, he's really, oh, all of these things cause me, to, cause me to be weak, but I'm not just depending on my strength. I'm content, weakness, insult, hardship, persecution, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. When my strength comes to an end, I know God's strength is there, that I can always depend on the strength of God. It is the thing that steadies me. It is the thing that Paul said in Ephesians, hey, I can take a stand. 
I can take a stand regardless of what comes my way. I'm going to take a stand in the power of God. This can happen and this other thing can happen and this other thing can change and this other thing can show up on the news. But I'm going to take a stand in the power of God. Not just my strength, because my strength, hey, I'm, I'm happy to boast in my weakness. Why? So that I can rest in the strength of God, the power of God. Realizing how strong my father is. And he never grows tired. He never grows weak. We do. We get tired. We get weak all of the time. But we're not supposed to be living in our own strength. Paul said, hey, I can do all of these things. Whether I have not enough or I have too much. I've learned the secret how to live through all of these things. He gives me strength. Isaiah chapter 41 verse 10 says this, Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. See, and that, that right hand is the hand of strength. This is what we would be seeing from the scripture. Don't be dismayed. God is still with us and he is still strong, even though things are changing. This is how God wants to to us to live our lives with this awareness that we can be steady and established in his strength. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 31 says this, But they who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. That we will wait on the Lord. And as I've told you before, and I think this is such a great principle, and it's so easy to forget, this idea of waiting. Did it end? No. Oh. <laughs> okay. All right. Do you want me to clap or better? Okay. Isaiah 40, verse 31 says this, But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. We've talked about this principle before. But this principle of waiting on God is so important. And that doesn't mean just waiting. I'm just waiting around for God to do something. Waiting on God actually means to be intertwined with him. That we take our weakness and our circumstances and our struggle and we intertwine it with the strength of God. So then our weaknesses become strength. Why? Because God is involved. We are involving God by waiting on him. Taking a moment to pause in the middle of the difficult circumstances. Not letting those circumstances overrun us. Paul from prison didn't let the circumstances overrun him. Didn't say, you know what, I'm just going to give up on life now while I'm in prison. Life is too hard. Life is too difficult. And I tried to preach the gospel and all I did was I got in trouble for it. No, man, he doubled down. He's like, I'm just going to preach from prison. I'm going to write some letters here from prison. I'm, going to stay, I'm still going to make a difference with my life, even though the struggle is th- that I'm facing is so real right now. Finding myself in prison preaching the gospel. Those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And that is us going forward in this brand new world, in this brand new reality. When we wait on the presence of God, we can go forward in the strength of God, in the wisdom of God, in the grace of God. 
This is the thing that will carry us forward, waiting on God, His strength becoming my strength. I'm relying on who He is, His character, His nature, His power. Last story we're going to read here about Paul. Another time Paul found himself in jail with one of his uh, ministry associates, Silas. And, you know, he was, he was going through a certain place. And, you know, he, he cast a devil out of this girl. And, uh, and so what had happened was because uh, this girl was making money uh, for this other guy, they, they, the people got really mad at him. And then, you know, the crowd started attacking him. We're going to read it here in Acts chapter 16, verse 22. The crowd joined in in attacking them, and the magistrates tore the garments off them and gave orders to beat them with rods. Now, this is a bad circumstance. This is a really difficult time. We've got um, somebody mad at you, and then everybody else joins in, and then all of a sudden you you find yourself naked, and then people are going to beat you with rods. This is not a good circumstance. This is going to be a really hard time. Paul is just trying to do, once again, he's trying to, trying to do good gospel things. Trying to help people, trying to be a blessing. And then he finds himself naked, beaten with rods. Verse 23, And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into prison. So now we're beat up, we're naked, and then we're in jail. Ordering the jailer to keep them safely. Verse 24, having received this order, he put them in the inner prison and fastened their feet in stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately the doors were opened and everyone's bonds were unfastened. When the jailer woke and saw the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried with a loud voice, do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And eventually the jailer received Jesus. So here we have Paul in prison again. Really hard circumstance. Really difficult spot. His life existed a certain way, and then soon after, this really bad spot. He'd been beat up. He was naked. He was in jail. And not just any old jail. He was in the inner prison. And his feet were fastened in stocks. And then it says this. At midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. This could be a moment that we would want to complain, don't you think? That you'd want to just be like over the whole thing. So many changes, so many things going on. A constant struggle, facing constant things everywhere you go. But here's Paul and Silas. They're beaten up and they're in the worst spot. And then it says, they prayed and sang hymns to God. Such great thoughts for us. That when we find ourselves in the darkest spot, and at the worst time of the day, it's midnight, the darkest prison, and at midnight, the power of God still shows up. The strength of God still shows up in that moment. But Paul and Silas had so much to do. What are they doing? In the middle of that, they're praying and singing hymns to God. 
that they are involving the strength of God in their situation when they are most weak. Facing this really dark moment, this really dark time where you could just be depressed and you could just want to give up and you could just see no hope for any future. And everywhere you go, all of these difficult things happen. But what do they do? They prayed and sang hymns to God and the power of God, the strength of God showed up in the middle of that moment. And this is that moment for all of us. We want this moment to go for. We don't want to be stuck here. We don't want to be stuck here in this uncertainty. But we want to be and have this attitude like Paul and Silas in the middle of the difficult circumstances that I can have, I can be steady and established on the strength of God, on the power of God. And it will be the thing that will take me to my future that he shows up in the darkest place and in the darkest times with his power and strength. And he makes himself real to us so we can experience his strength, that we can do all things through his power because he is giving me strength. That when I am weak, I am strong because of what God has done, because of what Jesus has provided for me. That he is the cornerstone, and because he is the cornerstone, we can experience God's strength in our lives. My Father, God, is strong. Let's depend on his strength today. Let's just pray. Father God, we just love you today. And we thank you for your strength, and we thank you for your love. We thank you for your power. And God, we thank you that you are helping us in this moment, and you are taking us forward to our future in your strong hand. And we just depend on your strength today. And we say, Lord, like Paul, we can do all things through you who are strengthening us. We just thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, if you happen to be watching today and you have never taken a first step in your relationship with God, the gospel, the good news is all about Jesus, that Jesus has provided something for us that we could actually never do for ourselves. He lived a sinless life. He died on a cross. God raised him from the dead. And because all of that is true, that God gives us a relationship with himself. It's called righteousness or right standing with God. And God just offers it to us as a gift. And all we have to do is say yes today. So if you are watching with us today, I invite you to pray along with me just as a starting place uh, in your relationship with God. So let's just pray together today. God, today, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he lived a sinless life. He died on a cross and you raised him from the dead so that I could know you. And so God, I want to know you today. I call you my father. Jesus, I call you my Lord. God, I have purpose to follow after you in your ways. I thank you for salvation today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, if you are watching a live broadcast um, of this today, there's a spot over there in the chat area for you to say, I, I made a commitment to Jesus today. We would ask that you... Um, click that button. And also, you know, our team would love to engage with you, maybe send you some resources. If you just also press that prayer button, uh, someone would be happy to pray with you 
and also let you know how we can send you some resources. If you don't live in the Mississauga area, um, also engage with our team and they will let you know they can help you to find a church wherever you are watching this from. It's great to get into a local church if you don't live in the Mississauga area. If you do live in the Mississauga area, you can get here when we can meet uh, physically. We invite you again to be part of our church family. Thank you though for uh, engaging with us online today. Hang on for a few more seconds. Our worship team just has one more song today. Thank you for taking the time to listen in. Be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for other messages. For more content from The City Church or to connect with us, visit us at thecitychurch.ca or find us on Facebook or Instagram at citychurchgta. Thanks again for joining us.